Fly Nerd Group was recorded live at Mess in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, USA. And we are back. Welcome to the Fly Nerd Group. Group, 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 group. I, of course, am Coach E. Soul Star here with my man. Kaz G in the house. We have a special guest this week. Would you yeah, like to introduce yourself? We're in the big room yourself? today. Yeah, we're in the big room hey. with a special guest. My name is Ashley A. Woods, and thanks for having me. And, of course, we would not be here without our guy in the chair, tech extraordinaire. Scott Free here. How we doing, fellas? What's up, Scott Free? How we doing, Ashley? Yo, yo. Right? All um, right. What's good? It is really exciting to have Ashley in the house today. Yes, it is. Among other things, she is one of the hottest young comics artists in the business today. Yep. To say nothing of one of the hottest young female comics artists in the business today. Mm-hmm. To say nothing of one of the hottest young black female artists Hot in the show. comics book business today. And also a former student of mine back in my previous lifetime as a uh, college design instructor. So it is a huge honor to have you here, Ashley. Yes. yes. How's it going? Yes. Just That's great. Dope. Just you no, know, lots of exciting things going. So happy to uh, see you again and just be here. So let's let's get it. Right on. I need you to have need you to write my press releases, Scott. Yeah, that was, that was that's amazing. nice uh, introductions there, brother. Yeah, you we'll should be, talk. You should be hosting the Oscars <laughs> or something with that. Uh, so, so since since we promised it on Twitter, we promised it on Facebook. I gotta stay true because people have been been actually waiting to hear a lot of Kaz's opinions on the back because he's 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 the Batman guy here. Yeah, I am. So this this episode we're gonna start off with the Batman himself, the crazy Cape Crusader man, the Dark Knight detective. I love this guy. So One of my favorite superheroes. It, it now you know that, that's funny you would say that because I just saw a debate where someone was debating can you classify him as a superhero? I was about to say that you know some there there's that whole uh, subgenre out there. He's just a guy that does things. He's a guy in the suit. He's a guy in a suit with money. Yeah, but he's well, a rich he's, guy in a suit. He's, he's a privilege. Guy, yeah. Privilege is his number one like ability because I mean like from just being Bruce Wayne to being Batman. I mean Batman drive tanks. Military vehicles, jets, and no one pull him over and give him a ticket. He's just like, all right, Batman, all right. You wag the finger, don't do it next time, or, you know, good job, Batman. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, we we all know. We don't have to recap the, the origin on this one. We all know it. We know what happened. So let's just get into the, let's get into the meat of what makes Batman Batman. Well, for me, the meat of Batman is psychological. Because he's crazy. He's fucking crazy. Nuts. He's batshit crazy. He, I mean, yeah, we know the origin story. He's a guy dressed up as a bat. Parents got killed while he was a shorty. So that's post-traumatic stress right there. You know what I mean? So, like on some real shit, you know? And uh, that could affect any child to see both their parents murdered in a um, violent setting like that. That's true. Well, my, my question has always been, and I'm a Batman fan myself, but mm-hmm. just just... You know, in terms of knowing how how uh, rich society works a little bit, why was Alfred not driving them that night, and why did they go down that alley? Because mm. in 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 today, if you if you transpose Batman to today, it's impossible for for this to happen. It's almost impossible. How so? Because uh, there's no one, there's no billionaire family that's going to go to the movies with the rest of us and then walk down an alley. No, no. Correction. Walk down crime, crime alley. alley and knew it was <laughs> and and knew it was crime alley. They're like, oh, we'll take a shortcut through crime alley. I don't even. What could possibly go wrong? I grew up in the hood and I would stay away from someplace called crime alley. <laughs> like that's that's that, that's. Hey, don't go down crime alley. You right. know what happened? Where little Ray Ray got popped. Last right. Week. Exactly. You just don't go down crime alley. <laughs> you don't do that. Look, man. Hey. Something got to happen, you know. Yeah, uh, he had to get here somehow. I mean, either they walked down Crime Alley or they was going to a store or something. I mean, people get robbed. You know, it's like what Cameron said, to pay the fool. People get shot every day, B. You know what I mean? This is so, true. I'm just saying, but you still couldn't transpose. You, you couldn't transpose that to, to today because they, you say go shopping. Well, they would probably get Instacart. <laughs> <laughs> 
So is the Instacart driver breaking in the crib and shooting them up? What was Alfred doing uh, at the time? Was he what, like, what, they got an Uber. Yeah, they got an Uber. Was Alfred home. hired. He's like, Al- Alfred. Alfred was there bef- during. He was there when Bruce was born. So did, they, did he have a night maybe off? Maybe something to do. I mean, why are you driving? You maybe had something to do. Maybe he had off day. I, I, I think just I think because of, of your Batman slant, you just really need the parents to die. You yeah, can't, you can't need it because you this, can't it. that goes with the crazy and that builds into the character. It and does. actually, it does. a lot of Batman villains only exist because of Batman and his crazy ass world mm-hmm. and Escalation. his existence. So that has to happen. That's why you're making all these scenarios. I'm like, all right, but yeah. they have it to die. To yeah. <laughs> on some final destination playing, shit. I'm just it, playing it, devil's it advocate. Any situation, but they have to die in order to make this guy crazy and make him go through the things that he um, had to go through in order to be this Cape Crusader hero. That, no, is, that, that is true. It may well be that I missed something, but why Batman? Uh, why are we talking Batman this week? What uh, happened in Batman world? N- nothing happened per se. We had, we, we, I, I've been paying attention to, to, uh, to feedback and we, we have been told we have a huge Marvel slant and that we should talk about Batman. Mm. And, we, and Batman is a large enough character to, to deserve it. Yeah, we, and we we gets it. We we talked up Spidey, and also just because while we're both Batman guys, we're different Batman guys. I'm a Batman guy that accepts Superman. I'm a Batman guy that doesn't accept exactly. Superman. See, you I can be both. You you can be. It's not impossible. You cannot you man. Can it's be. two different things. Superman, he for one is night and day. Superman, he fights crime in the day. You can see him flying and stuff in the day. I, when I Batman like come out at night, I like night and day though. So you saying if I like day, nighttime, I can't like daytime. It's just two different like creeds of uh, superheroism. Doesn't mean you can't on. like both of them. All right, so we've already done the Batman v Superman yes, enough times. <laughs> so if you are two different kinds of Batman guys, what kinds of Batman guys are you? I, yeah, go ahead. I I am the bat. I am the guy that sees that that l- loves Batman, but does not subscribe to the he's unbeatable. He as long as he has preparation time debate i i don't i i there are lots of lots of scenarios that doesn't matter how much prep you have you're gonna get stomped out whilst there are other there's another side of the coin where as long as people who say oh as long as batman knows what he's facing he can beat it i still i disagree has he ever beat superman because he's crazy enough to go against him and he's planned on fighting him i mean he has he has actually won yeah he has uh he has contingency plans to take down the entire justice league but he himself (laughs) He himself did not enact those plans. Someone else did. But he still planned it. He planned it. So he gave them the key. Come on, dude. Now look. He gave him the key. Batman, we all could agree Batman has OCD. He's yes. obsessive compulsive. Controlling. So and controlling. Psychotic. So he's gonna take a time. If he can't figure you out, he's gonna figure you out. And that's what makes him the best detective. But they say like Sherlock Holmes and Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he really takes time and think about what's going on. He overanalyzes. He he just a thinker. He's a overthinker. And hey, it works to his advantage because, like you said, I believe it. If you give him enough time to plan, he he could beat he could beat your ass. Well, bro. <laughs> it works. It works to his Maybe advantage like- in that he can track down any criminal, conventional or super. Right. It only works to his advantage in that sense because it also has created a prison for both Batman and his uh, alter ego, Bruce Wayne, wherein his entire life is now dedicated to this cadre of supervillains, many of whom he has created merely by his existence. So it serves his purposes as the world's greatest detective, but not really his purposes as a human being. Is he even a human being anymore, or is he just a singular crime-fighting machine? I think he's who dedicated. pretends to be Bruce Wayne once in a while. I, he dedicated the, the himself. Hate, the hate and the emotion make him human, but uh, the drive is kind of mechanical. Yeah, because he he interesting. He, we have definitely seen where he is. He is willing to sacrifice allies. He is willing to sacrifice himself. He is willing to sacrifice a lot to to accomplish his to accomplish his mission. Um, and, and that's that, that, it. What? but what's his mission? Because sometimes he let, let's say the Joker was a complete opposite of him. And this is a totally different crazy, but it's like real recognized real. He's crazy. He knows Batman crazy. And Joker kind of thing is like to convince everybody and push Batman to this limit of snapping because 
You're fucking crazy, dude. I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I talk to these doctors all the time, get psychoanalyzed every day in Arkham Asylum. I know you got a problem. That's what Joker tried to push and just try try to prove that Batman is this crazy local what? dude that's just dressed as a bat fighting crime the, off the mirror. That's crazy right there. Yeah. The one the one thing I <laughs> not like. getting paid, not getting nothing. You just put on the suit fighting crime. Criminals. Armed criminals. I think the best the, the best way to look at the Joker is the way that Grant Morrison presented him, which is he's never the same psycho more than once. Mm. Each so you so and that exp- Grant Morrison broke it down one day. And said, this is why you can get Joker who who wanted to put smiles on the face of fishes. And they were they were harmless, but they were just a bunch of dead fish with Joker smiles. And that actually that's the thing he did. And then you get Joker who will walk into a room and murder everyone because it's never the same. Crazy is never the same motivation. It, it it sometimes it has nothing to do with Batman, even though he does have an obsession with Batman, mainly because he does see Batman as the opposite side of things and he wants Batman to get the joke mm-hmm. right. but there are other times where it's like I'm doing this because I, it's Tuesday and I felt like these people needed to die and if that explanation were given by anybody but Grant Morrison I would say that sounds like bullshit covering up for the fact that no two writers have a real handle right. on him the same way yeah but if it's Grant Morrison all right, I buy that. Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was a great and and, it, and Scott Snyder took it further in his run on Batman. Yeah, he did. Uh, making making the Joker almost an immortal or a seemingly immortal figure, like tying him to a to a dark Gotham past that could or could not be real, could or could not be planted. And I just like those. I like those questions, and that is why I die, I actually dive into Batman more for the villains because to me, me too, yeah, because to me. The, the type of villains he has are so unique and they are definitely unique to him. And actually, I think he has the 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 best rogues gallery in comics followed by Spider-Man. Like I, because both of their villain, all their, their both groupings of those villains are very much tailor made for those two people. I agree. And and bat and a lot of the bat villains definitely spring forth from a place of psychological damage. Yeah. I'd uh, throw X-Men in, in yeah. there as the next best set of villains tailor-made for, oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. for yeah. the heroes. Yeah, the, uh, the X-Men face things and want to just wipe entire races off the planet. That's just pretty, that's heavy. That's heavy when the fate of an entire uh, race is on the shoulders of seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's, that's tough living. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah, but... Uh, <clears throat> Just the, the psychology of the bat. If you look at you know Two Face, one time you know, and it, yeah. his, the origin is true. He was the DA. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was on he, he worked with Batman, mm-hmm. and then now he's gone crazy. Right, y'all. Yeah, you know the, these things happen. Um, the the psychology of the Batman world is so dark though, er, er, with the exception of Dick Grayson. No, I was about to get into that. This dude got little ass kids running around on buildings, Crazy, fighting man. criminals, armed Crazy. guys, adults. Crazy. I mean, you who? would think that uh, Bruce Wayne would have gotten a visit from DCFS more than that's once. That's the privilege. That's <laughs> <laughs> that privilege. So I it's mean, like he, he only he, who who's the boy that got beat down, got his skull Jason crushed Todd. in? Yeah, Jason Todd, man. <laughs> well, okay. Now let's 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 talk about that 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 series, Death in the Family. The fans wanted Jason Todd dead. That the fans voted y'all him bogus. dead. Y'all want Truth. your little kid to die. The fans voted Jason Todd. Like Jason Todd didn't have to die. There was a one eight hundred number, <laughs> and and millions of people called in. And it was like yes. So what was their uh, problem with Jason Todd? Then? He was uh, of okay. He was not Dick. Grayson. He was not Dick Grayson. That was that was the gist. He was the first person after Dick Grayson to wear the suit and just. Just that hardcore, like, well, he, he is not Dick Grayson. He even tried. Uh, I, I can bring it into Marvel for those folks who are pining for the days where we talked about Marvel. It's the same phenomenon, at, well, somewhat the same phenomenon as not my Captain America without the race element. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So pretty much, they they didn't like him. He he can't, he had a he had a more thuggish uh, background than than uh, than Dick Grayson had. He was definitely the angrier fighter. They, they, they. That's true. He was the angrier fighter. He had, he had way more anger than Dick Grayson had, and fans just, just never took to it. And so they were like, "Hey, blow that dude up." <laughs> that's what they did, and that's what they did. <laughs> well, he, he caught, he caught probably 
at least for at the time, the the first darkening of the Joker, actually, because at this point, we're talking the 80s. Batman was still a pretty safe read universally for everyone. The, the super the, the heavy crime element hadn't really come in yet. Dark Knight Returns had just kind of come out. So people were like, oh, that Batman is not the real Batman. He's the a possible future Batman. So we don't have to worry about that. And then they say, yeah, let's have the Joker beat a 13 year old kid with a crowbar and then tie him to a bomb. Mm. And the fans voted him dead. Which one did, uh, did the Joker snap, snap, uh, snap their neck? Uh, he didn't, he, he, he beat Jason Todd to death. He didn't snap his neck. He just beat, he beat him, he beat him to death with a crowbar and then left him to dead in the warehouse with a bomb ticking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He pretty much, he pretty much, so by the time Batman get there, he was going to die either. Or. Yeah. Are, are you thinking maybe of when Batman's back got broken? Because that wasn't the Joker. That was Kane. Bane, excuse me. No, I'm I'm familiar with that. Yeah, of course. I I just thought that one of the uh, Robin characters had his neck snap, but I'm mistaken. Did that happen? No. Mm. Uh, Yeah, Jason Todd died because of the bomb. And then we all, then we know after that was Tim Drake who lived. And even his pseudo death in the new series was not, I don't think it was a broken neck. I can't remember what it how Nevertheless, Batman got these little kids out here fighting crime. <laughs> right, and he shouldn't be doing this shit. He crazy. Yeah, not only that, he got he he had little kids. He had the commissioner's daughter. Right. Um. He has a new he has a new young black protege. I don't like dude. The, the signal. Got, <laughs> yeah, they the gave signal, him they yeah. gave him a bad name. The signal yeah. is not a good name. <laughs> it's not a good name. I don't like dude. Uh, you gotta figure that out. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's talking about tragedy. He came home and his Joker, his parents were Jokerized. Mm. Smiles. Yeah, they had mm. the smiles. He found he found his parents dead because of Joker gas. That's trauma. Mm-hmm. And, okay, mm-hmm. to be fair, Duke is more like seventeen, so he you no, know, he's kind of at that he age where, where he can say, "I don't want to do this." One more year, he's out the house. Sign he me up. <laughs> and he's and he still lives on his own. Like he doesn't live in Wayne Manor, and he's not rich, and he don't. Well, yeah, he has access to money. I'm sure. That's sure. Being Robin has some pocket change involved. Batman doesn't let you walk around broke. Uh, I have not been following Batman of late. Uh, is Damien no longer on the scene? He is around. He's just out doing his own thing. I see. He he like he, they they took uh, Damien. Damien's a strong character. Um, I did enjoy uh, the Batman and Robin run with him yeah. as the Robin. Yeah, Damien's a strong character. He's obviously the, he's the most advanced fighter that's ever been Robin. Um, he is obviously being blood related to Bruce. There, there's that, and it just he was raised by the Guild of Assassins, the League of Assassins. So his whole thing is a little different than the previous Robins. It's like he can really take care of himself. Sure, but he's out and about and no longer Robin. No, he's still Robin. Oh, okay, yeah, he's still Robin. Uh, him and him and Clark's kid have a book together, the, the Super oh. Sons. Yeah. They're, they're, they're ha- they hang out together. And he runs the Teen Titans. Damien runs the Teen Titans. And I literally mean runs the Teen Titans. Sure. Huh. Controlling just like Bruce. I got to check back in. But yeah, there, there are some great Batman stories out there. Um, some of the highlights are, of course, the long Halloween and dark victory, which actually show that transition from gangster to freak in Gotham, which is one of the things we talked about, the escalation uh, that occurred. Like pretty much the mob were like, yeah, we can't handle this. So we will let these other the goons the, the, the creek the freaks yeah the freaks handle the streets yeah we'll let we'll let the freaks handle it um i mean batman's just a really intense complicated character yes um but i i i do i do think that he is beatable i do think it just yeah, but every writer is going to make him <laughs> unbeatable could beat him? but grant grant morrison Give me was two a, characters who could beat them in a yeah. straight up fist fight who you think yeah. cap captain america hands down it, hands down Hands down. <laughs> Cap will beat the brakes off Batman. Batman will have to go get some exoskeleton armor and cut and try Cap? again. Yeah. Cap is not normally strong. Cap is superhumanly strong. So just imagine getting punched by someone who can bench press 800 pounds. Check out the Marvel Universe handbook. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> he can bench. So if he can bench press a car. Imagine what a punch from Cap, a full strength punch of duty. Isn't uh, Doomsday one of Batman's villains? That's a Superman villain. Yeah. Super, okay. Yep. Also, Doomsday could take Batman. Oh, yeah. He can. Yeah, yeah, yeah he could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he could. Yeah, Trash, tra- Batman stuck alone with that unstoppable force. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. yeah. Dark side. Dark side. 
These are people he can't take. I mean, but we're. Well, not, I mean, these guys aliens with cosmic powers. So, I mean, but you want someone more on someone more on batch level Taskmaster from the Marvel Universe. Oh, that's a good one. Daredevil. That's a fair fight. Daredevil could be Batman. That's Daredevil's a fair fight. It's that's a good a fight. Good fight. Yeah. Iron Fist. Not from the TV show. <laughs> I would never Iron Fist from the TV show. Not that guy. Now, for those who know me, know I would not reference that Iron Fist. People who know me know that I would not reference that Iron Fist. Not my Iron Fist. Yeah, that, 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 that's not my Danny Rand at all. So no, no, I'm talking about you know actual golden oh, oh, golden see. house slippers, oh, Danny Rand. Oh, I see. I got you. Golden house slippers, Danny Rand. All right. Well, Batman's beatable. He's a dude with suit. It's just the fascination is really for me is just his insanity and you know sometimes how you gotta keep his composure sometimes he let it loose you know but, but he never crosses the line he never kills never he does not murder well actually i mean in the beginning <laughs> if you let yeah. the joker if you let the joker kill all those people well is that do that count does that count as batman yeah batman is responsible at this point, at this point, all of God at indirectly this point, responsible. At this point, any beat cop who had the opportunity to pull out their station issued weapon while the Joker <laughs> was in cuffs and not put a bullet in that in a, a mass murderer. Yeah, true. Like, are you going to go to jail for this? Yes, you are. But how many people did you preemptively save and avenge by taking the shot? Right. Just saying. So everyone's that's the that's the base of in, of the game, video game injustice. Is that because Batman because Batman never put the Joker down, Joker goes to Metropolis, kidnaps Lois, fear gasses Superman to make Lo- make him think Lois is doomsday. He flies Lois into the upper atmosphere and kills her by mistake, all because of the Joker. And and Superman That's a good one, Joker. Su- yeah, Superman that's a good joke. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Superman looked Batman in his face and said, Why have you never killed him why am i suffering because you let him live and what batman said he said i don't cross the line clark to the earlier point though and cochise you knew what i was referring to if you go back to uh detective comics number 27 i want to say something like some around that area yeah somewhere in there batman 19, with a gun 1930s batman was a great detective with a gun hey, who just straight up killed what? people. Yeah. What? Oh, straight yeah. up killed that gangsters. So reckless. Yeah. I know, right? That yeah. sounds great. I want to check these. Oh, you should out. check out the early <laughs> detective comic because it was bloodier. Yeah. Right? And then the comics code. The comics code kicked and in. And everything oh, got but, uh, boom, boom. But, yeah, kid friendly. But, but then yeah, also you know? remember, remember that huge switch DC uh, made at that time because they wanted their two biggest sellers to online and superman was obviously the you know the rosy guy truth justice in the american way right and See? so and so then they they See? they put back done by an immigrant thank you Uh-oh. See, done by, <laughs> but made by immigrant made, made by an immigrant yeah. um so then but, but they had no matter what the comics code did come around and enforce that comics become lighter and more and more kid friendly. So the, that's when like all the EC horror comics and all the pulp comics went away mm. and they had the DC comics had to make a choice. Do we scrap Batman with the pulp comics? He's popular or do right. we keep him going? Obviously they kept it going. They kept it going. But yes, early Batman was, was a gun toting murderer. <laughs> I like that. Straight up. And I'm, I mean, you're talking to someone who's a fan of the Punisher, but the Punisher was that way from the start. True. Like, it, it, so it's like, you, you if you like Frank Castle from the beginning, then you're gonna like him now. Right? You're gonna like him now. It's I can see like if if you were into violent Batman and all of a sudden you had Batman who was um Shiny Happy Batman. Which which I which going back to Grant Morrison, he explained out that era as pretty much all if you go back and open those books up, each of those books say this is an imaginary tale. Superman and Batman. So that that's why they could have a Batman in space in one issue, and then Batman fighting crime and all all these varying degrees of powers for people and access is because every DC book at that point said this is an imaginary tale. Every issue was a what if. Every issue was a what if. That was their cheat code. Fascinating. Uh, and there was just like all the you know, and and both Batman and Superman got goofy in their in their early days with like all all the plots to either discover their secret identity or have them fall in love with somebody or Robin wanting to go to the beach and hang out with the local band and not fight crime at night. You know, all that stuff happened in those days. I got a question. Didn't 
technically didn't Bane defeat Batman when he broke his back? Oh, most certainly. And that was quite a defeat. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a major. Not only did he break his back, he back he freed everyone in Arkham. Had Gotham on its knees. Bane had actually successfully. <laughs> Bane was the man. <laughs> Bane had actually successfully undid like ten years worth of bat work in like a single night. Nice. And like he could have, you know, killed him all the way, but. Yeah, he just chose, he he wanted him to see like the city, and he's like, "You love this city. I'm gonna te- I'm gonna tear it apart." Mm-hmm. And then that's how we got forced into the uh, Gene Paul Valley Batman, the super shiny shiny tech suit Batman. Um, he was the temporary Batman for like two years, I think. Yeah, while Batman healed up his broken back, and then he was like all sorts of crazy too. And he was programmed to be crazy. So, isn't Batman dying? Like, I, I think yeah, I think currently one of the Robins about to be Batman. Uh, may, possibly I'm behind. I'm like two months behind on Batman, so I just rec- I just really got through the uh the marriage of him and Catwoman. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I just I just read that, and so I'm I'm a little I'm a little bit behind because I went on that huge Avengers kick, which I'm still on. Next episode. <laughs> what 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 would Catwoman's crazy be? She may be the sanest person in Gotham. You think so? Yeah. Because if you think about if you think about Selena, especially when she got took off and got her own book, mm-hmm. she was just all about the next score. For her, it was all about let me get money and leave me alone. Yeah, she is a very high caliber thief, mm-hmm. and her motivation is the next heist. Yeah, she she found she found Bruce slash Batman intriguing, like as a, a prize. And I mean, she does care for him, but. Even in um, it's kind of funny, like going back to the, I've, been, I've been reading the comic adaptation for Injustice just because I have access to it. She was the one who said, you know what? I don't want to fight this fight with you anymore. I don't want to fight against uh, Emperor Superman. We're losing. Our friends are dead. You're holding on to your strict code of not killing. And you're trying to do this by your your rules while he's slaughtering us. I'm leaving. And she walked out on him. She said, I'm done here. Because you're holding, because Bruce was holding to that code while everyone around him was dying, you know, and that's uh, and that's one of the reasons. And if you just look at the character for Catwoman, outside of her obsession with Bruce, she's pretty much just a thief. I mean, she's a great thief, high caliber, great, good at what she does. But there's no crazy in her bone. I don't think there's. Yeah, it's not the same. Not this. I mean, you actually have to have some. It's more of a thrill seeker type crazy. Okay, I got you. Like you know, I guess if if you were to take that to today like someone who's obsessed with jumping out of planes, mountain climbing with no stuff on. Like she takes the risk. She's a risk taker. Yeah. She is. Uh, she doesn't even need the money generally anymore. Cause yeah. she's been so good at being a thief for so long. She is a bit of an adrenaline junkie, but Hey, that's not crazy. Yeah. That's not crazy. Yeah. That, that's not, not too th- crazy. That, that's a, that's a normal level of crazy. That's it's right. not, it's not here. I'm going to obsess over this group of people and do everything I can to make sure I can dismantle them if I have to. Or I'm going to try to destroy this city just as a challenge. Yeah. That's the type of stuff Batman runs into because like people know that his villains know like, oh, you love this city. So we'll we'll do what we can to take it from you. Have to think by the time he can really respond how many people have died. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like how many times has he shown like fire, take Firefly, a seedless Batman villain. Who can set things on fire from a distance? How many people die before Batman shows up <laughs> to get there? Like how like how many fire firefighters got them GCPD have all died before Batman showed up? Why haven't Alfred just tell him to stop doing this shit? Like, Alfred Alfred realized years nah, ago I'm he done. can't stop. Why haven't Why haven't Alfred just walk out? Like I'm good because I don't want to deal with this. What, shit. what do you What do he, you guys? Th- go ahead. He made a promise. Yeah, he made a promise. Yeah, <laughs> and if nothing else, Pennyworth is a man of honor. <laughs> he is. What yeah. do you guys think about uh, Alfred possibly becoming a woman? I, I'll kick huh? it off. I, I'm not feeling it. You know, there are yeah. some there are some changes that pe- that that get made where I'm like, okay, I can, that's a flexible change. It's not not a big deal. Some things I feel like are like mainstays and should always be how they were. And Alfred being out because a a, a, a and let men and women do think different. Mm-hmm. This is this True. is not, and so I can't picture a mother figure allowing Bruce. That's yeah to yeah. do that. That's what I said. Yeah. I said that the fact that Bruce doesn't have a, a a female figure, a mother figure in his life, that lends to the coldness and the way that he executes his missions. Um, 
he does he he's lacking that nurture exactly and so for alfred to become female that's like changing the very fabric of batman in the essence that changes the whole that's true yeah everything unravels yeah hey babies you stay in the house and eat some soup and then (laughs) (laughs) he broke your ribs last night baby (laughs) (laughs) and that's i feel like people are so sensitive you know they're like say oh alfreda's in the kitchen making a sandwich you know it's like a female being a servant people will like you know twist that around yeah, it's, that's it's, kind of too much. It's a change I, I don't think is should be made or is or is necessary. And once again, it does change the dynamic because I can see like like Alfred felt honor bound to stay with Bruce and and help raise him. And then when Bruce made his pledge at a very young age, we all we all know that he fell into that thing as a teenager or, or young, you know, going into his teens and said, you know, this is my path in life. Alfred was like, OK, I'm going to help you. with. I'm going to help. I don't like it. But I'm gonna help you with that. I'm gonna be. I'm, I got your back because that's and and when you think about it, that is a that that's a man thought like oh that's what parents do. That's what parents back. like, yeah, and that's that's what and that's the difference between fathers and mothers. Like like I have I have sons. My son got hurt. Mom was like oh man. I'm like well who hit you? Like let's let's go get him. Like who hit you? Like listen, they put hands on you. We putting hands on them. Like that was <laughs> <if> you book. <laughs> right now. And at, that's a, just a different mentality. Whereas a mother would be like, "Okay, you're hurt. You're like Alfred brought him out. Why do we fall, Mister Wayne? So we can rise back up." My mom right. would been like, "Well, don't stay away from that area going forward. Just don't go back over there, so you don't have to fall." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me fix up your cuts. Get you some yeah. cartoon. And it's a different type of thinking. Now, if they're gonna make this this Alfred, this is this real? Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's in real consideration for the for, for what the, for the next Batman film? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, what? I, I've heard that. What? <laughs> okay. What? Oh, okay, so what? I have heard this okay. as a plan for the new Batman movie. Not and me. Ashley, yes. you're like, you, you see some problems or potential problems with the way the audience will receive it mm-hmm. and possibly getting it twisted where they're like, why are you having a woman serving him? Well, well that, 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 yes, that's legit, but I was mostly playing with that point. I feel you, but here's the other thing, and yes. this is where I think it's genuinely... A problem mm-hmm. is I've also heard of a potential romance Whoa. between Batman and the new Alfredo. Oh, hell no. Who are you to? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I read too much online. Yeah, they, they I've, yeah, they, if they were, that were to happen, they were talking about that making would them be a little closer in that's, age. That's a conflict of interest. Freaking tragic, disastrous for the franchise, I, totally against the spirit of the relationship between the characters. Well, that, yeah. yeah, She could not perform the role of Alfred, faithful manservant and assistant strategist and all that if that twist were put into the relationship. Yeah, because I, I read some of I read some of these like random articles out there and they there was talk of making of making the age gap ten years and possibly making it where Alfred Alfred there is an Alfred. He's a pennyworth, and he does. He was the Wayne's butler, but he had a younger family member with him, mm. who then takes over. Alfred gets too old; she takes his job, and therefore, really, that's just a possibility, and not necessarily an actual involvement, but a spark. But yeah, a will they, won't they? Dynamic. No, that's too messy. Yeah, that right? is messy. I mean, we are. They they've already. To me. Animated DC already went too far in the killing joke when they made Batman and Batgirl lovers. That mm-hmm. was that was horrible. Agreed. That was absolutely and unnecessary. Why do they feel like they have to change shit in order to make things entertaining? They don't have to. That's a whole nother uh, that's, conversation. That's, well, I mean, beca- nah, because they, they, they don't actually feel that clearly because you're about to get the fourth uh, origin story of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so troll. When, when we have a perfect Spider-Man right now. Transition. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was a fly note, but we're going to talk about it now. If you've been <laughs> under um, a rock, you would have known that uh, Sony and Disney is having a little discrepancy when it comes to the Spider-Man contract having renewing. A, spat. a bit of a spat. <clears throat> a spat. Kerfuffle. Little, little, yeah. <laughs> Um, everybody feathers are ruffled because um, this is this is crazy and petty situation. Well, fact of the matter is all about money. Yeah, I don't know that you get to call a disagreement over hundreds of millions of dollars petty. Petty. <laughs> well, yes, it does when it comes to snatching things from. 
from projects and well, let me let me disputes over intellectual property and the licensing rights thereof and the I mean, producer what, credits and actual what creative it, direction. What it all mm-hmm. what it what it comes down to is that this is just the this is part of the regrettable decisions that Marvel made when they were in when they were in bankruptcy. They sold and I get it. They they sold all those movie rights, Fantastic Four, Spider Man, uh, X Men, among you know all these other movie rights because they were at that time a sinking ship, and True. they needed the money. Because this this predates Disney buying Marvel. So this is back when Marvel was pretty much just out there on its own, just trying to exist off off comics and toys alone. And so they were like, "Hey, we have to do something. Let's get let's make some movies." Blade did well for us, but we're still a sinking ship. So let's finally sell. Because they were resistant. Yo, you don't think it's petty? <laughs> yo, yo, that's nice. But yo, the cosmos. Everybody's gonna win at this table. Well, yes. Now, but MCU did do a hell of a job with this Spider-Man, putting them in the MCU, put them in thorough, like really good movies. Whole storyline, origin story is cooked up. Indeed. Everything is set up. All right, they deserve more than five percent. All right. So, as I understand it, and for those who haven't been reading any news in the last few days, um, Sony and Disney have. Uh, reached an impasse wherein they can no longer agree to share the producing and the producing of the Spider-Man movies and keep Spider-Man as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because in the current arrangement, let's see here, uh, Kevin Feige, is it? Feige. 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 uh, Has been uh, the creative consultant and sort of directing the creative direction of the Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home and then Spider-Man's place in the Avengers and the MCU. Absolutely. For that, uh, Disney has been getting 5% of the revenue from those Sony Spider-Man movies. Right. And now Disney would like to make it a 50-50 split. That was a rumor. It was 50 at first, yeah. but now an article came out this morning and said the original, what they really asked for was 30. Okay. That's so, a little bit more decent in my book. It so is. Sony although, walked away from the 30 deal. Okay, so here's the thing you have to consider there, is that adjusted for inflation, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, one and two, are the top grossing of all of them, that they have actually outperformed adjusted for inflation Homecoming and Far From Home. Yeah. So if you're Sony and you're saying we are capable of making a high-grossing Spider-Man movie, and granted, Spider-Man three of that franchise, and then the Amazing one and two did not quite perform the same to the same level. Right. But they're capable of making the blockbuster Spider-Man, and why would we give twenty-five percent away if we don't have to? To Sony's mind, they don't have to, and that they're in the position of they could just keep it the way it is. It's a win for Sony, and it's a win for Disney, because as Disney has set it up, young Peter Parker is now the inheritor of Tony Stark's kingdom, right? and is the next in line to be the kind of Iron Man-ish figure. Mm -hmm. Well, Disney kind of needs Sony, and Sony doesn't need Disney as far as they're concerned. I agree with that. The ball is in their court. I, yeah. I agree with that. They could take Spider-Man and they have all his characters. And right. the way Far From Home was set up, it set up his universe perfectly. So Spider-Man could just dip off and go into his Spider-Man universe and it's but cool. See, here's, the, here's the caveat. Sony does not get to walk with anything that was written on the Disney side. So all that stuff stays with Disney. The Iron get, Man suit. The Iron Man suit, all that stuff. Edith? Yeah. Anything, anything that they they don't keep that. So so they walk away with the character and title, but they have to they have to do their own thing. So they're and gonna make Infinity War in game invalid then. They won't make it invalid. It's just it's, Yes they it's, are because it's gonna be non existent after no, phase four. It's, it's, you, you can just easily write you can just write Spider Man out of the MCU. It wouldn't matter. He decided to go to grad school. Yeah, he went to grad school. Poochie had to return to his home planet. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't invalidate it. It just means that he can no longer appear in the Avengers films. 
And they will have to do an origin story of Spider-Man again. They well, the they they they're willing. They have to. Venom and Carnage out already. That doesn't. They're with Tom Holland's contract is not with Sony, is with Disney. Zendaya's contract. Let me lift that up. I don't believe you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Go find it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk while you look. <laughs> well, about Zendaya. Hmm? Uh, she like she was Mary Jane in the Spider-Man movie. Right. So she does. She the art. The article came out today saying that they would not move. Like they stay with Disney. Sony moves forward on its own, so they could have other Disney slash Marvel appearances, not as Peter Parker and Mary Jane, but right. they can they can be in other films. So that's kind of booty. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They don't. They, I, I told you, man. Sony doesn't get to keep the Disney toy box. They they don't get they don't get happy. Oh, I they got a headache. They don't get any of that. <laughs> you you thought that they, that Sony's gonna walk away and keep the Disney toy box? Yeah, dude. That's like me coming to your crib. Crib and saying, you know what? That that's a good Xbox. I like that. I'll whoop your ass, bro. <laughs> Sony can't be Debo, right? Give Sony. me that chain, right? So, but it's theirs. I thought Spider Man. I thought they own Spider Man. So whatever they, they, likeness in there, they own that, the movie rights only. That's it. So Disney signed Tom Holland to be Spider Man for their MCU. Exactly. And now, um, if Sony takes it back, someone else gets to be Spider Man. Yeah, they could go back to Andrew Garfield. Nobody wants that. They could go back to Tobey Maguire and have aging Spider Man, or they could get a and Jonas Brother. Eyes. They could. Get I really Jonas thought Brother. that they could just go from if in game no. and continue no. on. No, no, no. Oh no. Intellectual property, man. Yeah. No, a mouse see, does not give up its toys. Here's the thing: the only thing Marvel that'll you be said about the mouse. So who's to blame here, man? <laughs> who's the, it's the, it's the mouse man y'all need to stop doing that shit man for okay real. so so here's the they thing. have to protect their so assets and their highest that's let the me, let me biggest ask you this. franchise sony has let me ask you this sony share gave up five percent of the of the two spider-man movies to marvel marvel hired all the creative teams put forth the effort disney did all the promotion work so disney asking for more i'm not surprised because they're like yo you are benefiting for all our hard work you didn't sign the actors. You didn't sign the person writing the script. You didn't sign the director. You didn't include none of that. We did and build it that. into the larger cinema and this, universe, and, so exactly. that people who went and saw one movie felt like they had to, to go see Homecoming. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They Mar- Marvel slash Disney did all the legwork. Sony just sat back and collected the check. Ultimately, none of us are going to solve this. It's going to be the lawyers and the agents, and it's. You know that it's going to settle. I won't be a flower in the wall. Fifteen percent, twenty percent, and that everyone wins, and we get more Spider Man. But I, I don't blame Marvel slash Disney for asking for more money because they did. I don't blame them. They, they did the legwork. They found the actors. They did. They did a lot. They did a lot because, as we recall, the last big thing Sony did before the video game, when it came to the movie, was Jamie Foxx as Electro. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, All they, right. they wasted Jamie Foxx's talent on that crap role. Jamie Foxx could sing though. <laughs> he should have sang in the movie then. Maybe I would have liked it better. Uh, whatever. Well, <laughs> Spider Man, you got kicked out of the Starks Tower. You're back on the block selling two four twenty. We don't know that yet. It's gonna settle. Like Scott said, I, I fully expect this thing to settle. This is just we live in an age where information is at a fingertip at our fingertips. If this was 1993, this would have happened. Open, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, wouldn't have known, known nothing. nothing about this. We wouldn't have known absolutely anything about it. Unless you were reading about it in Variety. In Variety, exactly. You Unless go. you were reading the trade. Or the Hollywood yep. Reporter. Yep. There you go. Yep. So, And last time I checked, I did not read Variety or the Hollywood Reporter. So I wouldn't have known. Me either. So if it, if it wasn't advertised in the back of a Spider-Man comic, I would not have known. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so speaking of comics, Ashley. Yes. Your wheelhouse. You work in comics. Yes. Tell us about that. What? 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 Yeah, how that's treating you? What made you go down that route? Mm, okay, that's a long story, a long fun story. Try to make it condensed. Oh, uh, just basic- but make it fun and condensed. Well, just basically, I uh, I started off actually as a gamer uh, around five years old, and so I bought, that was like my gateway into stories and storytelling that in movies, and then um, I want to say. Uh, around seven or eight maybe nine on some narnia uh type stuff i found like a hidden uh crawl space in my house and in that crawl space were some comics that uh 
some family members had collected in their youth. Shut and, up. Yeah. That's so, a true story. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And uh, <laughs> I remember some of those books included X-Men, uh, X-Men, Cable. Nice. And then there was like a, a space uh, Marvel comic. I forget the name. I just remember like the female had like blue skin. And she could like turn into diamonds. But this was these were comics from like the 70s and 80s. And so, um, yeah, so that was like my my foray into comics and um skip ahead a few years like 2000 when i was like 15 i started playing marvel versus capcom and uh yeah and when i i noticed the fusion of the art style you know i I found it to be the perfect blend of of east versus east East and west yeah east east meets west and i was like okay somebody's getting paid to draw you know stuff like this i want to be one of those people so uh, that's where I made the decision, like, this is the path I want to walk on. And then um, a few years later, when I was uh, 18, uh, I, you know, I'm i graduating from, from uh, high school, and I self-published my own comic uh, called Millennial War. I'm actually bringing it back uh, okay. as of uh, right nice. now. That is pretty exciting. And if I can just interject in that story. Yeah. When you were in college. Mm. Uh, I recall you were just getting that book actually to print. Yeah. Millennium War number one. I have my signed copy. Thank you very much. (laughs) And you were working relentlessly. Like you, this is one of the things that anybody out there who is thinking, ah, comics, I could do that. Yeah, you can do that if you have astounding natural drawing talent and it's what you do and it's... Maybe not all you do, but it's most of what you do. And Incredibly had, disciplined drafts person. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, Scott. But yeah, it yeah. was it was a lot of fun. And um, yes, yeah, so I self-published Millennial War. Uh, uh, I, I wrote it senior year of high school, published it during college. Um, Scott was one of my teachers. And um, there was a comic book store around the corner from our school. Um downtown is uh is graham cracker mm-hmm. comics on madison, on madison and by michigan avenue yep. yeah uh-huh. like quite familiar yeah oh, same here and so that was the first store in the city that uh took my my work uh i just walked in and hey it took I, your work yeah i was like hey can we like work out a contract i can you know sell my books within your store and yeah so they we worked out a, a cover price uh type deal and so long story short uh, one of my greatest memories uh, during college was I was walking to class and I always try to be kind of low key and and I'm walking to class and I just got mobbed in the hallway because people like put two and two together like oh you know your name and you know whatever I, I got your book here I was like the hell and so I'm like on my hands and knees like signing books but anyway so that was that was cool nice um yeah so I I was just self publishing comics and working odd jobs for uh, a few years and relentlessly working the cons as well you were at the yeah. conventions you were in artist row you were signing you were yeah I actually you were met promoting C two E two a couple years. Okay. Yeah, I saw you at Wizard World one year uh, and actually met your mom there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, I just love conventions. I just like, I'm like super social. So I just like walk around and just talk to like random people. Sometimes like, why are you talking to me? But <laughs> so out, outside of your own work, yeah. like, like what else, what, what else like are you, do you have out there? Like you have your own work. Have mm. you like, what, what else have you done that we can see? Like where, you know, where, where, where else can where we can find, we find Ashley yeah, Woods? Can we find yeah, work? Just, yeah. uh, well, yeah, my work is in uh comic book stores nationwide. Uh, one of my bigger projects is Tomb Raider from the game series. Oh, yeah, uh, right. mm-hmm. my breakthrough comic is called Niobe. She is life. And that was written by, uh, actor, Amanda Stenberg. She actually played Rue in the uh, first Hunger Game movie. Okay. Uh, so everyone like turned up for her. You know when she all the districts turned up when she got you know offed. But um. But that was a really high profile book because yeah. of that celebrity. Uh, yeah, it actually, connection. Yeah, HBO uh, actually just picked it up for a TV show. Oh, Coolie. So yeah. Nice. And, Congrats. And the, Thank you. While it having been created by what was her name again? Uh, Amanda Stenberg. That's what kind of got it on people's radars. Mm-hmm. It was the art that really got people noticing it. Yeah, because like, it, it's kept just, people coming back. Well, it's, it's that thing like we have an actor or actress, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm going to go into painting or I'm become a singer. It's like, yeah, okay, you know. So you know, she wants to do a comic, and yeah, it it's, it takes a little bit more to convince people because they know right. you for something else. 
And so, yeah. And then when they seen the art, you know, it was, it was a done deal. And also, um, I, I won't lie to you, I have not read Niobe, mm. uh, but between that and Millennial War, they both have something that's kind of hot these days, particularly also with Black Panther, and that's mm. that whole uh, Afrofuturism thing. I would say Niobe uh, is closer related to, to that uh, genre than, than Millennial War, because honestly, if we want to, hmm. I did get some backlash early on. Really? Yeah, because ironically, I had too much diversity. I'm trying to say it in a very uh, pleasant way. But yeah, all my characters were, were mixed. So, But yeah. that was like back in 2006, and a lot's changed in you know, 13 years. It's like, it's like everything that didn't work back then works now. Right. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, Millennial War is actually inspired by uh, two of my favorite games, uh, Final Fantasy and Metagear. So it has mm-hmm. like a fusion of video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Solid Snake. Yeah, it's only a box. So, so what? Which Final Fantasy is your favorite Final Fantasy? Mm, okay, so it, it's, it has to be between seven and ten. Okay. Ten, 10 was the first game that we, ever we, made. We got we 7 is is a legend. So we yeah. everyone loves it. So so besides 7. Yes. What are your what are your so 10 and then uh, what else? Uh 10 12 was good. I I played all of them uh I played all of the main entries. Um 6 had the best villain Kafka because he's yeah. almost like the Joker, you know. Mm-hmm. He he's just a, a fool. But also he actually became a god. You know, yeah. a lot of people hype up Sephiroth, but Sephiroth only became a demigod. You know, if we want to talk about like power levels and ambition, you know, we do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like Kafka, like uh, Sephiroth, he, you know, he he also suffered from PTSD and narcissism, um, and you you, you and he s- also had mother issues. Yeah, yeah. Sephiroth had a lot of mother issues. Yeah, I don't think you ever see Kafka actually um like like well Sephiroth he has cracks like he tries to play it cool for you know for most of the time but every once in a while you'll see like you know that anger or anguish uh slip out Kafka just didn't give a fuck like, he did not he laughed through everything like even through his demise yeah. he was just like <laughs> you know like walk on the edge with me you know <laughs> yeah no no that he was he was truly he was psychotic and loved it yeah there, there was no there was no Oh, I regret this action. It's like, no, I will murder you all on a whim and then I'll laugh in your blood. Right. This, is, this is what I do. And that's the type of character with it. I I would as much as I'm looking forward to the Final Fantasy VII remake, yeah. I would like to see at least a retooled six. Yeah. At least. I mean, you know, because five got what, three, four, and five all kind of got like new new sequences put in them. Mm-hmm. But six didn't. I thought that was and thought no, that was bizarre. And it is bizarre because six was actually what put the um the series on the map here in the west exactly it was the most popular in of the series er, early on before seven it was the most popular of the series here that, in that America. was that was my introduction to the series coming i got it on super nintendo uh christmas of 94 Woo. and memories because like i said it was Jeez, a, it, yeah, just, it, was a yeah, it was a yeah it was a it was a pivotal no moment in my life and at the time i was like eight or nine and so i tried to play it the first time i was like this shit going too fast like so i gave it like a year or so and i came back i said okay i get it but yeah um so and also it had the copyright thing where when it came stateside Mm -hmm. it wasn't six it was three yeah Uh, yeah yeah. so they had to like re-release it uh but three eventually came here uh in 2006 for the ds Mm -hmm. so that's where a lot of people uh yeah, I played three. I played three when it came to the DS. I played on my son's DS. I was thoroughly sucked in. It was good. It was a good game. Solid I would game. say Final Fantasy Twelve is probably the scariest and darkest uh, one in. The Twelve series. is definitely the darkest. Yeah. Well, Twelve and Fifteen. I, I haven't beat Fifteen. I finished all of my hunts. There's nothing happy about Fifteen. Okay. Well, nothing would you, happy. <laughs> would you say it rivals the darkness in Twelve? No, it's not as dark as twelve, but it's yeah. definitely it, it's definitely like oh. okay, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like that. But here we are. We're, we 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 slipped into a Final Fantasy hole there. I'm sorry. Sure it is. Nerds! Nerds! Cloud. But, uh, yeah, but 
<laughs> just to like answer the rest of the question, because we didn't like go off on the tangent. Uh, some other projects I worked on, I just did a, a TV show with Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams last summer. Nice. And that's called uh, Lovecraft Country. Ooh, I'm a big Lovecraft fan, so I'm with that. Yeah, that yeah, that one is... H.P. Lovecraft? Uh-huh. Yeah. Fascinating. Really? Man, yeah. that, that story's buck. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so actually, when I was approached to do the, the show, it was for that's also for HBO. Uh, I got the gig because they wanted to see how I, I design monsters. A lot of people who follow my work, mm-hmm. they are uh, they 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 are familiar with it because of how I draw females. And so, anyways, when they was like, "Yeah, we want to see how you draw monsters," I like tapped into my Dead Space bag because that's like ah, one of my, my nice. favorite series as well. Nice. And so I just did like some uh, what do they call it? Those monsters in Dead Space, like xenomorphs or something, something morph, yeah, something like that morph. But yeah, yes. I just did like really grotesque. The Japanese have a term. It translates in English. I can't say the Japanese part because I just mm. don't speak Japanese. But it translates in English to body horror. Mm. When when something takes over you and starts to stretch your limbs mm. and oh, yeah, things yeah. like that, you know, you become dis- like Cronenberg. So a side note there. Um, as a young, empowered female working in comics, <laughs> I imagine you get some criticism for your uh, depictions of females actually no and i'm surprised really? yeah because i i tend to watch everything just just to see how things flow and uh what works for what audience or or, or what editors you know what the current climate of politics are yeah and you know everyone is so focused on um the sexualization of characters and whatnot and me i just i just draw whatever like i just post a pair of titties on social media nothing never gets flagged you know i draw like full frontal nudity if anything i have to like be careful how i pace out my postings because i i, I keep forgetting that children also follow my work and so i do do children's books as well okay. i probably should just like start like a, another platform under another a name. pg-13 right ninja trip <laughs> so for you it's more empowering less objectifying or do you not even bother thinking of it in those terms? Even, you just do the work. I don't even think of it. I, I guess it's empowering in the sense that I could just express whatever I want to draw. But um, I never, I just don't really care what, what, man, I almost like, a, I, I almost you know like an asshole. Sometimes you, just, sometimes you just don't care what people have to say. Or yeah, what you're an artist. Yeah, you're, you're, you're creative. You're creative. Yeah. You don't have to care about what other people think. Yeah. yeah. And, it's yeah, okay. And, you know. So okay, sometimes you just want to like look at an eighties movie, an eighties actions movie, and just be entertained. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's how I approach my work. And not have to think about it through contemporary right. lens of yeah. sexual politics, gender politics, yeah. race politics, whatever. Yeah, like I, I just I just like well, let's just well Sometimes you just want to watch Ghostbusters and not worry about that that Winston Zedmore didn't have more didn't have more more to lines. Do. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes you just want to watch Ghostbusters and not worry about that. And I, I don't, and I just, I just I don't have a I don't have any issues uh drawing women in suggestive ways or you know. No, no, I, I I follow you on Facebook. You clearly don't have a problem with that. I was just wondering if the rest of the world did, and if they don't, mm-hmm. hell yeah, more power to you. Now, when when you sit down to draw, like like as a as someone who's a writer, like there's various things that inspire me. Whatever, um, what's what do you listen to? Do you, do you play music while you draw? Like what's yeah. what's part of your what's, yeah, we, what's don't, your we don't have to get into the whole point. process, but what's part <laughs> of your process? Like mm-hmm. like what sets the mood to get you ready to 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 do some art. So uh, as of recently, I've, I've gotten back into uh, some trance music. It's like Japanese fusion uh, trance. Okay. Uh, before that, I'm kind of like all over the place. It depends on the mood. Uh, I was getting back into some rock and roll last week, but that was kind of like short lived. Uh, before that, I was like in my hip hop hit uh, phase. So like Mad Lip. Um, hmm. Classic, classic. Mm. That that name Black can do thought. no wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the Black goat. Thought. Black yeah. thought the goat. To me, to me. No, he. To me. Yeah. To no, me. No, he's he's mad dope. But um, and then before that, um, I was listening to some world music. <laughs> I was listening to Yanni. <laughs> Y'all remember Yanni? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember Yanni. It's 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 some good meditation music. So you Black. draw from a lot of resources. <laughs> yeah, I told you, I'm I'm all over the and place. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's dope. Good. You, you, yeah. Yeah. everything everything could be an inspiration or stimulation for art like so there you know there there are no limits 
There are absolutely no limbs. And we appreciate you t- taking your time out and, and coming here today and hanging yeah. out with us. Absolutely. We, we would like to probably get you in here a little more often. It is, <laughs> after all, the Fly Nerd group. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a group. Yeah, exactly. it's a group. You're a fly. You're a nerd. You're part of the group. There you go. I can dig it. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what else do you have uh, coming down the pipeline, though? So um, you, you worked on that, was it uh, Jordan Peele and... Who, who else was involved out? in the uh, J.J. Abrams? Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a yeah. You, you a hell of a team, right? Yeah. You are rubbing yeah. elbows with with some some nice people there. Can we look forward to seeing that anytime soon? Yeah, um, I'm not sure when it drops, but I know it's been announced. Uh, Lovecraft uh, Country. All right, it's been mm-hmm. it's been announced. Um, Crazy. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's it's it should be out. Um, sometime soon that's really cool any other books you're working on that you can uh give us a peek into um i worked on some some other uh books linked to another up-and-coming tv project with legendary um it's been announced but i'm not sure um you know, if I can, we don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah let's, trouble. Let, let's not violate any NDAs. Yeah, let's, not do <laughs> let's, let's not violate any NDAs. But another another project I'm working on currently is called uh, Heathen, and that's with Vault Comics. Right. And um, that's that's I'm stepping in for the creator uh, and uh, artist and writer. Her name is uh, Natasha Alterici. And um, so this is her creator own project and it deals with it's almost like God of War itself is dealing with um, okay. um, Vikings and uh, nice. Valkyries. The main character, uh, she's a she's a Viking and she's actually her. She's on a journey to save a Valkyrie. And so I stepped in for issues nine through twelve uh, because Natasha's uh, she's been suffering from carpal tunnel. And uh, it's a really fun book. It's, that book also has a movie in the works uh, by the director of Twilight. So that was just announced. Nice. Uh, yeah, like two weeks ago. And so, um, like I said, you know, it's it's been really fun and exciting. Uh, just, you know, keeping up with the deadlines. Um, yeah. You got a lot going on. Yeah. It's impressive. You, it's been yeah, really you're, fun. You're like your work it's yeah, great yeah, to flexing. be seeing you again. You're definitely flexing. Good to talk to you again. Yeah. It's great to be here. Well, I, I think we are at the fly notes section. It's time for the fly it is notes. It's time for fly notes. What, what do you have for us guys? I got a few things. Spider-Man was one, but we talked about that already. So, oh, just to let you guys know that Amazon Rainforest has been on fire for three weeks and the media hasn't been covering it. So I want to say so something on sad. this damn um, podcast to let it be known yeah, that yeah, um, it's, it, we it's, are aware of what's going it's on. It's the lungs of the planet. Yeah. You probably don't want to burn it all down. Nah. Yeah. I nah. was. I remember uh, actually hearing about the fires two weeks ago but i thought you know, much like probably everybody else like okay they're going to get it under control right i did not i was not aware until sunday night that yeah, it was it's still, still going, on fire still going yeah. and brazil's and after the um country the you know the people had got their land back they just got rewarded the land and everything and then the fire break out and now it's like everything's going to hell so uh keep that in mind folks don't protest Spider-Man, protest some real shit, and then protest Spider-Man. But um, I would talk about House of X and Powers of X, but I can't get a hold of a damn issue. Uh-oh, what's up? Cochise has pulled out his bag. I was just about to cut you out for your resources. Yo! So maybe you could talk about it then, brother. What's going on with the house? Um, I am so far. I I've only read House of X issue one. How you one. get these? Oh, uh, dude, who who? Am and I? you don't share. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I, I still I still have connects. The store's gone, he's, but I'm still connected. He's the brain behind <laughs> Brainstorm Comics. Exactly. The so, later years. Love it. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes I am the plug. <laughs> the plugs I met, Benny. Hook me up. <laughs> uh, so I've read issue one of House of X. Okay. Um, Am I right in thinking this is the this is the one that is time jumping from year one, year ten, and year one thousand? Yes. Um, So without giving too much away, uh, Jonathan Hickman, one of my personal favorite Favorite. writers. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I you know after this this book is probably what I've wanted every X Men time jump, let's secure our future thing to ever be. Um, 
with the setting itself is Krakatoa, as we know, the island that brought the uh, that's real the living uh, island, the living island, Krakatoa, the living island. Who <laughs> at, who in recent years they just said was pretty much a mutation. Yeah, it's yeah. right here, Krakatoa. Yeah, right. the X Men have a the X Men have officially officially moved to the island, so and now knowing. and now they have bioengineered the the island to make cures for every disease known. And they they have offered these gifts to the world in exchange for being recognized as a sovereign state, mm. and that that's that's where it is. The I don't want to give away the big reveal, but longtime X Men C list character Moira McTaggart. Yes, I heard she got a big role now. Is the yeah. is the She's central shit. feature yes. of this? Yeah, and without yeah. without giving everything away, mm. turns out this entire time Moira McTaggart has been a mutant. Yep. What? Yep. And yeah. then the other interesting part about this title, uh, and I don't think I'm giving a, giving away anything other than the premise when I say this, alluded to it earlier, it's year one, year 10, yeah, and then it, year 1000. Yeah, so it, it is the distant future yeah. where you see the fate that the mutants have been trying to secure all right. this time. Yeah. What, so. what does mutant kind, how does the fight between Homo sapien and Homo superior play out yeah this gives you that yeah, yeah. This, this this definitely gives you that and um, they're saying it's canon yeah that this is yeah this is canon this canon, is canon yeah. for the entire marvel yeah. universe yeah yeah yep fascinating that's yeah. why this book is a hot seller and selling out i can't get my hands on it i'm going to rob coaches after the show but um <laughs> moving on um what else i got all right uh eddie murphy is making a comeback playing rudy ray moore's dolomite in the bioptic i'm actually rudy excited ray about moore. that i'm very excited I'm excited about, about that. that um <clears throat> yeah, really. If you don't know Rudy Ray Moore, he was a um, comedian that pretty much pioneered a lot of stuff. He was very raunchy. I remember my mom had records and of of him along with Red Fox and Richard Pryor. We used to listen to those records while she was gone at work. I would scratch on some of them, sample. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, it was dope. You know, hearing this adult stuff, and he actually incorporated rap into his routine. Yes, he did. So he was like kind of the first rapper. You know what I mean? To ever, like, perform on on a stage like that. So, uh, yeah, he's a great comedian. He wanted to um, put his character on the big screen, Dolomite, and kind of pioneer black exploitation. But to me, it's just guerrilla filmmaking when you just get your crew go out in the streets and just film some shit. You can still see the boom stick in the shadows, <laughs> all in the clips and everything. It's just guerrilla filmmaking. So check that out. Eddie Murphy is coming back doing that. And speaking of Netflix, there's a new anime that I checked out called Cannon Busters. That's, yeah, that uh, was good. Yeah, that, you saw it? I saw it. That was good. Yeah. I, I haven't finished it, but what I've seen, I really like. Um, it remind me of like uh, this mine. You, you can borrow it, <laughs> but no, my brother, you got to get your own. <laughs> Fuck, you. Fuck you. Issue but number you one of House of X has been handed off. <laughs> so uh, will yeah. Coach East get it back? <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> so yeah, Cannon Busters is dope. Lashawn Thomas, uh, black artist. It reminds me of Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, and Outlaw Star. So um, it's pretty good. Um. I'm like four. No, I'm actually six episodes in. It's pretty. Cool. It's pretty decent, man. Yeah, I, like I, I really I like it. it. Mama Hitch is dope, and um, it's very dark and violent. Like the character Philly the Kid. Yeah, he's like Kenny from South Park. And once you see the show, you understand. Yeah, I got. It. Yep, well, yeah. I saw it. So I know. Yeah. So, what else you got for us? Um, that's about it. All right. Well, we have we have gone officially gone over time, but we appreciate our special guest and hopefully reoccurring. Uh, she'll be yeah. back. She'll be back. She'll be Ashley back. Ashley Woods for I'll joining us. She'll be back. And you, I won't have as many questions. We won't go over time. <laughs> and uh, so we, we probably will. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'll try not to. But it is that time of day. So from Kochi Soul Star, Kaz G, Ashley Woods, Scott Free. We have been the Fly Nerd Group. Thank you for tuning in. Share it, subscribe, listen, and always push the culture forward. Thank you. Peace. Yeah.